Welcome back to another episode of Women Blazers. I'm your host, Deanna Witter, and I'm excited to have Ashley Klinskow as our featured guest. Ashley serves as the Senior Vice President of Communications, Community, and Diversity for the Portland Trailblazers. Ashley's had an incredible journey powered by her passion for storytelling and the benefits of building strong relationships with an expansive network. Her authenticity, hard work, and love for the game has led to her crushing her career goals and the opportunity to positively impact the lives of others. I want to take a moment to thank Turnkey ZRG for supporting Women Blazers. Turnkey ZRG is a top talent search firm in sports, entertainment, and media. We appreciate Turnkey's role in advancing gender equity in our industry. Ashley, so you attended Clark Atlanta University uh, in an incredible HBCU and graduated with a degree in mass media arts. Now, how did you determine your major and you know, what was that vision while in college for the career you wanted to lead? I actually attribute my attending Clark Atlanta University to one of my high school teachers, Mr. Truman Humbert. In high school, he introduced me, of course, as you know, in high school, you're trying to figure out what direction you want to go in, what's your career path. And he introduced me to mass media arts and communication. And my family, my brother is a graduate of Morehouse College. My mother went to Knoxville College. My father went to South Carolina State. So everyone is a graduate of HBCU. And so he introduced me to Clark Atlanta University, um, which is number two mass media arts um, department. I majored in mass media with a concentration in public relations. And that was my path to Clark Atlanta University. That's awesome. And, and then with mass media arts, what was it about this degree and this path that interests you? And how did you sort of determine that that was the path you wanted to take? The interest for me was actually being able to tell the story, but I always knew I wanted to be behind the scenes. So behind the camera, that was very <laughs> clear for me. Journalism was not my path. I knew I wanted to be able to tell the story and watch it come to fruition. So the the draw to me was the strategic planning, the storytelling, the pitching media, the seeing the um you know, keeping things embargo with announcements, that process was really exciting to me and controlling, you know, the narrative within mm -hmm. communications, but also the crisis part of it was, you know, a little invigorating as well. Now, after graduation, you actually went the agency route and you worked for a few different firms. You know, what was the experience like working for an agency and what were some of those, those the greatest takeaways you had from that experience? Agency life was, I, I laugh because it ties mm -hmm. into my personality. You know, um, I, I like to be able to function and jump from different topics and different things. So within the agency world, there was really the opportunity to be creative and work on a number of different brands. Um, and so being able to have ideas that may not have worked for one brand and taking it over to the other. But also um, I enjoyed treating each client like they were my number one and premier client. So the, the energy and the drive behind the agency side, the creativity that you get to have and to mm -hmm. work with the creatives who are, you know, in my next life, I'm coming back as a creative. Um, <laughs> 
be able to produce and graphics and all of those cool things. But the agency side was just invigorating to me. It was it was just cool. It was a very laid back environment and it really introduced me to the core of communications, but also I had the opportunity to work cross-functionally with marketing experts, with agents on the sports side um, on in the agency world. So mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to touch a lot of different facets in that space. Yeah, I would imagine in the agency world, you have so much exposure to your point to all these different aspects of, of you know, PR and communications. Um, unlike, you know, maybe sometimes when you're in a position that's very specific um, at a team or a club or a league. In the agency world, you get to touch a little bit of everything, which I'm sure was was a, an incredible experience for you. Yeah, no, it was it was phenomenal, and like it was for me. I always say that with agency, you actually kind of have the opportunity to shift the culture. You know, mm-hmm. the event side of agency as well. So really, all those different touch points you get to do with different audiences and how you reach them on different platforms through social media, but even diving down social media um is your audience facebook is it instagram is it clubhouse now is it slack is it snapchat so really diving into that and the analytics of it and watching that grow um is is super cool from the agency perspective and from your agency days so you were at a couple different firms like i said um and then you made a shift sort of had your break-in sports moment um you took a position with um pga um, love to hear about, you know, what motivated you to make this move? What was it about the PGA America? And I believe you were a public relations specialist when you were there, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, talk about relationships. <laughs> no, and, and, and really people watching you when you don't know that they're watching you. Um, I was in conversation with Jeff Pomeroy, who was formerly at Turner Sports, um, about a position. And I, you know, impressed Jeff and PGA championship um, was maybe in Augusta that year. I know it was in South Carolina or Georgia. Don't quote me on that. (laughs) And he ran into one of his peers, um, Julius Mason, Mm -hmm. um, PGA of America. And Julius told him about a PR um, position that he had open. And, And Jeff recommended me for the role. And of course I had to do my in the interview process and, um, you know, showing that I was the best candidate for the role, but you never know who's watching and paying attention to you. And first impressions are everything. And that was my path to PGA of America. Yeah, that's amazing. And we often talk about, you know, on this podcast about the power of relationships and how every connection and interaction is like a job interview. You just never know to your point who's watching. And it's incredible that this interaction that you had led to this great opportunity. Um, How was that transition from the agency world now to the PGA of America and this new role that you were in? Um, It was an absolute learning experience for me. Um, It was going to corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, just even from every day of attire and multiple people in meetings and having brainstorms and ideations and the creatives and even just um, where we were in market, you know, um, yeah. I was moving to Florida and it was a culture shift, but also a culture shock for me. 
Um, I was the only person of color there at that time and really having to break into that space and use my voice and golf where there were not a lot of people of color. There were not a lot of women in the game of golf. And part of my job as a communications and public relations specialist was to tell the story of getting more kids and more women and more people of color in the game of golf. So, um, it was a great challenge, but it was definitely my first transition from agency to corporate. Um, and, and I was still fairly young in my career at that time. Yeah. As a, yeah. As I say, it's, it's early on, you know, in terms of your growth and development, I'm sure it exposed you to so much. And to your point, when you're, when you're, when you're starting off in this industry and you realize, especially in PGA golf or golf in general, you know, there's not a lot of women, there's not a lot of people of color and sort of those breakthroughs. How did you sort of break through knowing that there's these, you know, perceived barriers and challenges in that. How did you sort of break through um, that experience in that environment? You know, it wasn't difficult. And I attribute it to my, my, my childhood and growing <laughs> up. My father um, was the president of the local chapter of NAACP in my hometown of Greenville, South Carolina. So being on the front lines, using my voice, being an advocate is something um, that just came naturally. For me, my mother was an educator. So me having the knowledge and just understanding the process and what I needed to bring to the table um, was absolutely my path to PGA and, and how I um, made my presence known there. Was it an easy process? Absolutely not. I was a young woman. I was of color. I was new to this space. It was corporate America. So there were many nights I came home crying and didn't understand where I would really fit in this space, but I continued to challenge myself. Um, and it was a great learning experience there in golf. Yeah, man, it sounds like it. That's incredible. So after two years with PGA of America, you then um, make a shift back to the agency world um, and you take a position with uh, CSE um, in Atlanta, I believe. And um, with this position, you worked with tons of significant brands and some of the most significant brands that you have. Like what were some of those highlights working for CSE um, and St. John's um, and Partners, which is the move after that? Yeah, um, with CSE, I would say the opportunity to work with Turner Sports Talent. Um, we had agents inside of CSE that we worked very closely with. And Kenneth Smith um, with TNT and Turner Sports was one of our clients. And um, that turned into a, a long-term partnership. We worked with Kenny on his NBA All-Star Weekend parties and even started doing that on a consulting level ongoing. Um, that was really one of my highlights to start that with CSC and you talk about relationships and seven, eight years later, you know, I recently brought Kenny, we did a Rip City Unplug with the Trailblazers and I brought Kenny on um, <laughs> post George Floyd to talk about his experience and when he walked off the set at Turner. So again, those long-term relationships, um, but CSC, that highlight for me was um, working with Kenny and the talent there. Work with Clark Kellogg, who was phenomenal and just a, a genuine man, but did a number of media tours with him and just a, a analyst and broadcaster at his core. Um, St. John and Partners, I would say my highlight, um, based in Jacksonville, but I was in Atlanta. They had a number of remote offices, but working on their uh, NCAA football campaign that we did, um, it was a six-man campaign, and it was a long, rigorous tour, but we were able <laughs> to um, 
visit and, and do activations at a number of college games. And my husband is a Florida State alum, and I, I'm more of an NBA fan at heart than NFL or uh, college football. But mm-hmm. I was able to go to to Duke and a number of places for their college football games, but also for basketball. And it was just a cool experience to work with the fans, to tell these stories, to learn all of the different historical contexts with these schools and universities and their fan base. And um, that was a cool experience from St. John and Partners. Yeah. I mean, that whole, you know, that whole stretch of experience from, you know, CSE and St. John, St. John's and Partners, like, this sounds like in, an incredible whirlwind. I, I imagine you look back and sort of like have to pinch yourself <laughs> that you were a part of those ma- massive campaigns and, and telling those stories, uh, you know, with, for, for those significant brands and with those, um, those individuals. And, um, you know, fun fact, like I, I, so I worked at the Indiana Pacers when Clark Kellogg was there. So <laughs> I could not, I could not like double down, like what a genuinely incredible person. So that's awesome. Yes. And it's something that's like, I do have to take those moments um, because now I look back and I was like, wow, you've really had some cool experience. <laughs> and in those moments, I was just doing my job. You know, we're we're head down, we're working and we're making sure everything is put together and executed. And like those are I, I now ensure that I make memories in the work that I do. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about those experiences. That's what the whole, you know, career is about. I would say it's not about destinations. It's about, you know, what we're experiencing every single day. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And, and then next, you know, you leave, you leave St. John's and um, you, you move on to Oklahoma city thunder. And this is like your first professional sports team. Unlike, you know, the PGA of America, now you're with a sports team um, and you joined the Oklahoma city Thunder um, as a director of corporate communications. You know, how did this, how did you land this opportunity? I'm imagining relationships again. (laughs) How was your transition? It is. And it's in those moments when you aren't looking. I always, and I I keep a journal, but I had written in a journal that I wanted to go in house um, with the team. And it's interesting. I still have my journal. I showed it to my husband when we got married that I wanted to be the director of communications for the Atlanta Hawks. And years later, I become the director of communications for the Oklahoma City Thunder. (laughs) Never thought I'd end up in Oklahoma City. Um, Came across the opportunity. Actually, some folks at Turner told me about the position, recommended me. Again, wasn't looking. Um, But I had to remind myself, you've wanted to go in-house. You, yes. you know, PJ of America, you wanted to get back in house, you know, you, you had the taste of agency. Here was that opportunity. And um, when interviewed and to this day, one of the best bosses I've had, Dan Mahoney, who's mm-hmm. the VP of corporate communications at the Thunder and just a genuine family group of folks. Um, they were considered, I, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, the <laughs> Of the league. Um, they're 12 years old now, um, if I'm correct, um, but just celebrate their 10 year anniversary when I joined the organization. And um, Loud City and Thunder fans are something that I had never experienced before in my life. You see grandparents with their grandkids, you see 
families. You don't just see a young generation at the game sitting courtside. You see everyone, um, committed fans. Everyone has on a journey jersey. The guest experience is is top notch and just good folks to the core. I love storytelling there. I was able to launch our city adjacent jersey that was. We had one that was focused on um, Native American heritage. We worked with Nike on that, which was phenomenal. And then we launched a one of the Oklahoma City bombing. And that was the the second one. And that one was such mm-hmm. a, it was core to my heart. It was just working. We worked with those families and the city just, you know, came around us as we told this story and what it meant to the city and the state of Oklahoma is something that will just, you know, always keep them, you know, marking my heart. We also launched the Jersey patch last mm-hmm. in the NBA to announce our Jersey patch partnership when I was at the Thunder. And so those are just some highlights, genuine folks, Brian Burns, Scott Love, Danny Barth, like just people that will always have long-term relationships with at the Oklahoma City first-class organization. Now, from there, you know, obviously probably similar, right? You weren't looking. It was not. <laughs> and you were reached out to by our friends at Turnkey, um, now Turnkey ZRG, and yes. about this opening at Portland where you are today and, and becoming their senior VP of communications um, right around the start of the pandemic, if I recall. So, you know, how did this sort of, you know, how did you sort of take in um, this this opportunity and and go through the discovery process that this was going to be the next best step for you in your career? Yes, it was our dear friends at Turnkey who <laughs> I, I adore. I was not looking. It was a long conversation of, of multiple months. I worked with Kelly, who's phenomenal, and the team over there, and they reached out to me. And like I said, I was I was at Oklahoma City Thunder. I had been there two seasons. I loved what I was doing and just I I was where I I wanted to be. Um, And continuing the conversation, talking to Chris McGowan, um, our CEO and president, and learning the works of Jody Allen and and Paul Allen and it, it the conversation you know continued and the opportunity for me as a woman of color in a front office executive position mm-hmm. um, as you know does not come easy so that was a conversation I had to take back and look at the opportunity for growth look at the opportunity also of um, being able to also tell the stories and and do the work for Moda Center so the live concerts and entertainment um, in, in this space, which was not necessarily my role at the, th- mm-hmm. and also the organization has been around for 50 years. So mm-hmm. all encompassing of that under the Vulcan umbrella with the Seahawks, um, that opportunity for growth and really that next executive step, um, which again, those opportunities don't come often and, if there's an organization for me to go to and leave my dear thunder, it was the Portland Trailblazer. <laughs> um, you know, just this wide range of responsibilities. It was a great challenge for me. The direct oversight. Um, I came in as SVP of corporate communications, um, came in head down and um, Chris came to me and we had a conversation about taking on our 
community and DEI departments under the purview of corporate communications to, to really tell those stories authentically and be the megaphone behind that work that we were doing. And so within that, I, I grew um, during the time frame of about five months when I was here, but that is just who McGowan is um, at his core of, of growing his talent identifying his his trusted executives um so i am ecstatic to be <laughs> here this is home um and i'm we just um we were the last team to have fans back but <laughs> 10 capacity and um that was my um first experience of the rip city home court advantage and when i tell you i can't wait to have all nineteen thousand folks back in that building it is going to be a day Yes, it's gonna be electric. <laughs> yep. No, I mean that's that's incredible, and it sounds like I mean this this move for you and your on your career path was was aligned perfectly. Um, and and it's great to hear that you have such support um, from McGowan and that he saw sort of um, this opportunity to even expand your role after five months of being there. I mean, you know, taking on DEI and taking on community, I think fits very well, obviously, with you being a storyteller. Um, and delivering the opportunity to continue to build off the story um, there in Portland. So that's that's awesome and it's amazing. And obviously DEI has been such a huge topic for us this year. Um, what are some of the goals and that you hope to accomplish leading like these new these new areas of the business? Yeah, um, I'll speak specifically to DEI first. You know, we chose to be open and honest in our approach to shaping this part of our culture as an organization. Um, prior to me joining, we had a robust three-year um, DEI strategic plan, um, which included eight chapters across various disciplines and departments. Um, with that was the adoption of equity statements and filters for both the company and our Trailblazer Foundation. So fully implemented that. Um, since my onboarding and um, the undertaking of our DEI, we refocused our commitment to represent more than just compliance. Um, it, I wanted to make sure it was an effort that includes investments in training, um, dialogue and action with our own employees. Um, and we were able to do that. I think um, those are some big wins in taking our um, DEI work to the next level. So I like to say we're in the advanced phase of it. Um, post summer 2020 and those experiences and even how we've had to strategically um, move and make reactive decisions, unfortunately, um, due to the, the unrest, mm -hmm. you know, we, we launched our racial injustice initiative, um, fighting for racial injustice, of course, and police reform. And we, that, that started at the top with Jody Allen, with Chris McGowan. We sat down and had ongoing daily conversation um, to our responsibility as an organization to the society. But you also know our players were very vocal. You know, Damien and CJ were at the forefront of this in the bubble, um, Carmelo. And so to be aligned with our players and at the forefront to be a platform, um, but also a resource and influence and create a safe, secure quality of life that we all deserve <laughs> um, is, is core to our work and our commitment. Yeah, I mean, that's that's incredible. And, you know, I, like I said, it just seems so aligned with with you and your background and you clearly have a passion for it. And I, I just personally look forward to seeing the, the, the projects and the programs and the evolution that you guys take in this space, um, you know, especially as, as a leader within the NBA. Um, I think the NBA has just done an incredible job sort of leading our sports industry 
um, in the right direction when it comes to these topics and um, our, our social responsibility as, as you yeah. greatly, uh, you know, aligned it. Um, it, it can't, it can't just be in a strategic plan. You know, it's like, how does it come Absolutely. to life? Absolutely. And even with our community department, I mean, kudos to Annie Kluge on my team who was taking the reins of, we've had to pivot. We had wildfires this year. We had COVID-19 relief, you know, due to COVID, we had a number of corporate partners that needed resources and funding. And, you know, we just really stood in the gap and were able to do so much despite the restrictions um, that were in place. And, you know, we, again, we were, still being encouraging to our fans, but we were able to financially support our nonprofits um, that were doing work on the ground locally here in, in Portland. So that was a huge win for us as well. And um, you'd like to like shift back a little bit. I mean, after just walking through your experiences and your career path, I mean, it, obviously you've had a lot of upward mobility um, in your career. You know, how do you determine for you when it's time to make this move, when, when these opportunities come to you, how do you sort of you know, filter through um, your thought process and then decide that this is the right move for you and your husband. Obviously, you're, you're making yeah. this, this decision for both of you. Sure. Um, it's not an easy process. And I am a overanalyzer. That <laughs> um, but it, it is about the opportunity. But also I look at my family you know, what it means for me personally. And as I mentioned, you know, the growth opportunity, I have worked extremely hard in this space. And so I, I encourage um, people that are on this path, you know, you, your employer is as loyal to you as you are to the day you leave. And, and <laughs> it's not always something that people consider, but you have to think your trajectory and your growth and opportunities. Um, and I do not condone, you know, jumping from jobs, but I do encourage individuals to look at those best opportunities and those opportunities for growth. Every move for me has been an opportunity for growth um, and long-term stability for me and my career, all being in corporate communications, all moving towards the path to get in-house Um within a sports league. And that's how I got to where I am today. But a lot of it, to your point, I wasn't looking. Um, none of these opportunities I was looking. And, you know, there were others that came to me, but um, my faith and my focus is is what really led me to determining on any of these moves. Yeah, I love how you said that. Your faith and your focus. I mean, that's, 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 that's yeah, I'm going to take that one away. Take that one. Down. I like that one. And then obviously, like you said, like, you know, these decisions and this path, you know, didn't come easy. You know, it comes with its challenges, um, no doubt. And so what were some of those key challenges that you faced growing professionally? And, you know, how did you overcome them? How did you tackle them? Oh, I could write a book. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't easy. I mean, I PGA was one of my most difficult times in my career. There was no one that looked like me. There was no one that understood my culture, my experience. And I had the challenge of telling people that looked like me why they needed to play this golf, this the game of golf. Mm -hmm. And um, it was at the the brink of social media coming into play. So the challenge of really having strategic communications and com controlling that narrative, it was a challenge. And so making sure that I used my voice and that I had a seat at the table was constant um, encouragement that I had to give to myself 
um, working in con late night calls with my friends that were in sports um, was something that was critical during this process. Um, identifying your mentors, learning your strengths and weaknesses, and, and sometimes sitting in those and that mistakes are going to happen. But how you bounce back, your key learnings for that, what your best practices are, and, you know, you dust yourself off and keep going. You know, there's a theme here with you being a storyteller. And I'd love to just hear a little bit more about your approach um, to how you incorporate storytelling into um, that perspective of, of, I don't know how, how to word it, but it's like the perspective that you're getting from other people. How do you tell your story? you know, without having to tell it, you know, but I think that, that you have this connection um, that you're gaining with these relationships that you're building. Um, is it the power? Is it your power of storytelling that, that helps draw that connection? I think it happens haphazardly, like it is not intentional. Um, I am a very, um, sometimes to my own default, I just, I'm just authentic and tell my story. And I only know how to tell it the way I know how to tell it. Um, and I've learned that telling my story and communicating it can help others. And it can also educate others. Um, so sometimes when you feel like you don't want to tell, and I trust me, I understand the privacy component, but because um, professionally I'm a communicator, it comes to me naturally of understanding that the use of my voice and how my opinion is valued, which took me time to really realize, right? Um, and understand just during my matriculation and my, during my career. But I think using my voice and with my storytelling has really just helped me tell my personal side, you know, and understanding how that can impact and change someone else's life. You know, let's talk a little bit, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about your lifestyle, you know, because obviously, you know, a lot of questions we get as women in this industry is, how do you do it? You, you know, work-life balance. You know? <laughs> and I have completely thrown the work-life balance question out the window. And I wanted to talk real about lifestyles. Like, what do you enjoy to do outside of work? And you know, how do you structure and manage your lifestyle so it works for you and your husband and your family and the people that you surround yourself around? Yeah. And you and I had this conversation, you know, um, I come from a vulnerable space and, and, and I'm an open book. And this is not easy. You know, um, my husband and I got married in December of 2019, um, moved to Oklahoma. He moved to Oklahoma City with me, uprooted in the middle of a pandemic in April and moved to Portland, Oregon, <laughs> started a new job in the middle of the pandemic. And we both have been working from home for over a year. So newlyweds, moved cross country, middle of a pandemic, new SVP role and just maneuvering and learning it all um, has not been an easy feat. Um, on top of that, um, we, we've been going through infertility. We want to start a family. So there's that extra personal layer um, that, you know, I have to control my stress, the financial piece um, of infertility, which um, I am an advocate of, of educating people in this space. Mm -hmm. um, so work-life balance sometimes is, 
you know, not realistic for me and something I don't use a lot because I don't really think that it's fair. Um, we spend a lot of time together. I mean, it, it's small things of running errands and watching a movie on Netflix or going for a ride or, you know, having kind of mini date nights and being creative. You and I talked about that. <laughs> um, but all of our families on the East Coast. So also, you know, it's just the two of us here. So finding that balance, learning each other in our first year, but also trying to start a family. It is not easy. It is, you know, my strength has been tested. Um, I was up last night till three in the morning working on a presentation that I needed for 9.30 a.m. this morning. And you know what? Didn't have to. So it's <laughs> oh, no. Of, you know, we as women, we give a thousand percent and we get up and we dust it off. And as I have my little fit moment and then I jump back into my day of Zoom calls. So it is it is a process. Um, and I have to identify what my balance looks like differently every week. Um, having a, a strong partner in my husband is critical in this process. I know there's moments he's like, okay, this is not going to be a good day. But <laughs> because we laugh, um, I enjoy cooking. Cooking is one of my outlets. So we make a joke when, when one of my days is pretty trying, he knows he's going to get a good meal because I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to cook something good. And that's how I'm going to relieve my stress. But um, it is, it is a process as a woman because we just put on that armor and we just go for it and we figure it out and we're head down. And sometimes that's to our own detriment. What an interesting and challenging situation to your point of how you, you know, outlined newlyweds in a new city during a pandemic, can't see family, um, yeah. you know, the, the taking on an SVP position with the layers of learning the organization and the ins and outs of the politics and then obviously delivering on the role itself, I mean, has its own you know, struggles. And then I just really appreciate you opening up um, with the audience about your infertility. And, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, the education piece and, and making sure that like, every, you know, everybody is going through something. And it's just, I appreciate you just sort of um, bringing that to the forefront. And um, we definitely wish you all the best as you continue on that journey with your husband. Um, Thank you as well. Now to, to close up here, Ashley, um, you know, what advice do you have for our listeners who are interested in exploring a career path in communications and public relations in our industry? Just one thing I continue to tell individuals is simply do the work. Um, my focus is always on what I can control. Um, I can I can control my effort. I can control my enthusiasm and I can control my preparation. Um, I can't control people's perceptions or their antiquated ideas on whether women, um, more so black women like myself, belong in sports, specifically in front office um, around communications or DEI or community work. Um, luckily, there are women that are navigating this industry who don't mind sharing what they've learned. And that includes me. Um, and I just encourage them to do the work. And that's a wrap on episode 25. Thank you to Ashley for sharing her experiences and insights with all of us today. And as a thank you, our friends at Turnkey ZRG has purchased a one-year membership for her to join the Pro Sports Assembly, an industry member-led association helping advance equity in pro sports. I invite you to follow us on Instagram at Women Blazers to stay connected and to engage with the Women Blazers Network. 
and look forward to episode 26 featuring Vanessa Scott, Director of Finance for Houston Dynamo FC and Houston Dash of the MLS and NWSL. Until next time, have a wonderful week.